Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS is Amazon saving malls by opening its own department stores. Intel contracts TSMC to make one of its chips and issues another design with ARM inside. I think that was in Revelations. And Facebook says it's not a place for radicalization, just a place for sharing recipes and buying hemp products. DTNS starts now. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, August 19th, 2021. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. We're just uh, talking about tonsillitis, uh, of all things, as well as uh, state and world's fairs. Uh, if you want to know why, get Good Day Internet. Become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. That is where you can join top patrons, such as Chris Benito, Steve Iadarola, and Dan Kolbeck. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook announced an open beta for Horizon Workrooms, a VR meeting space app for the Oculus Quest. Workrooms support up to 16 people meeting in VR, with 34 other people able to join in video calls if they don't have a headset, or the don't want to use it for whatever reason. Workroom supports screen sharing from a desktop, includes a note app taking app in VR and also virtual whiteboards. Live streaming site OnlyFans, which just released apps for mobile that feature only safe for work content, announced it will prohibit sexually explicit content from the platform entirely starting in October. The NSFW version of the platform will still allow nudity, just not sexually explicit content. OnlyFans says the change is being made at the request of its banking partners and payout providers. Uh, Providers often exert pressure often behind the scenes to keep from processing payments for sexually explicit materials. Toyota plans to cut production by 40% in September due to the ongoing global chip shortage. Plant shutdowns will mostly occur in Japan, impacting production of RAV4, Corolla, Camry, and Lexus ES vehicles. Amazon is offering India's first celebrity voice feature on its assistant with Amitabh Bakan, a.k.a. the Big B, the nation's biggest Bollywood star. Users can choose to hear his voice on Echo devices or the Amazon shopping app for 149 Indian rupees. That's about two bucks for the first year and four dollars a year afterwards. 
Dell announced the $349 14-inch portable USB-C monitor called the C1422H with a 1080p 60 hertz LED IPS panel capable of 300 nits of brightness. Also includes a built-in stand, supports pass-through, charging up to 65 watts, and ships August 31st. Ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages, it's Architecture Day at Intel. And no, that doesn't mean we're going to describe the Chicago skyline or the Sydney Opera House. Uh, We get lots of promises for cool new chips. First off, the Alder Lake line will feature a hybrid architecture. That means a mix of both performance and efficiency cores. It'll be the first chip released under the newly named Intel 7 node. That's the one that is not made on the 7 nanometer process, but that Intel argues is just as good as what its competitors call 7 nanometers. So Intel 7, the 7 means good. Did someone say a mix of cores? That's right. Uh, What are those cores? Well, Golden Cove is one of them. That's the successor to 11th Gen Tiger Lake's Willow Cove, and that's the performance core. So Tiger Lake has Willow Cove. Alder Lake will have Golden Cove. Intel says it's the most powerful CPU core it has ever built. Go figure. I mean, seriously, you'll need to go figure that out yourself because Intel didn't give comparisons to Willow Cove. The efficiency core in Alder Lake, Gracemont, was compared to its predecessor, Skylake. Intel claims in single-threaded cases, Gracemont can match Skylake performance at 40% of the power, or if you give it the same power, it'll deliver 40% more performance. So 40% better no matter how you look at it. Alder Lake's significance here is that it won't have just one or another of these cores. It'll combine them. Alder Lake chips with different core combinations will range from 9 watts to 125 watts, from ultra-mobile to laptops to desktops. This being Architecture Day, Intel did not announce the actual product line. That'll come later this year. Now, deciding which cores get which jobs will be handled by a new piece of software called Thread Director, which Intel is working with Microsoft to optimize for Windows 11. And there were a couple other notable announcements on Architecture Day. Intel showed off more details for its upcoming GPU called Arc, Arc's machine learning-based super sampling that helps upscale games in smooth frame rates. It's what NVIDIA calls DLSS. Intel is going to call ZSS, X-E-S-S. Clever. If you didn't guess, Z cores in ARCs will power ZSS. But also, Intel promised to offer ZSS on integrated graphics as well, not just on ARC. And one last GPU tidbit, Alchemist, which will be the first ARC GPU, will be built by TSMC, not Intel. It'll be outsourced. It'll arrive with the first ARC GPUs in early 2022. Finally, Intel announced the Mount Evans Infrastructure Processing Unit, or IPU. That's a chip for cloud providers. Not something's going to impact your daily life really directly. It manages the internal needs alongside customer needs in a data center. But the notable thing about Mount Evans is that it uses 16 ARM Neoverse N1 cores. That's right. Intel is selling chips with ARM instruction sets in them. So Lots of good news on Alder Lake and the hybrid approach. Not the first time Intel has done that, but certainly the biggest effort it's done. But really interesting to see them outsourcing GPUs to TSMC and putting ARM instruction sets in some data center chips. Uh, yeah, this is uh, it, it seems like a uh, a good decision by Intel and and something that uh, you know will very much fulfill a space in the market. You know, I could make jokes about all of these naming conventions that it all sounds like a big MCU type thing. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but I do wonder, Intel saying, okay, so our Intel 7 chip, not 7 nanometer chip, but just as good, but we're just happening to call it that. I mean, it, I, I would forgive anybody for being a little confused with what's going on. The the um, the the t- not technology advancement part of this sounds great, but uh, it it's it's a lot to take in. Yeah. So the short version, folks, is Alder Lake coming later this year with announcements uh, and will be an interesting uh, way to, to optimize, you know, whether your device needs battery life or performance. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see what the benchmarks are when it comes out. Well, the Wall Street Journal sources say that Amazon is going to open several large physical retail locations in the U.S., similar to department stores. The first locations will reportedly be in Ohio and California. They'll be around 30,000 square feet. So that's big, but a little smaller than the typical 100,000 feet of, say, a Macy's or a Bloomingdale's, the big department stores. Although similar to newer, newer scale down stores, that both Macy's and Bloomingdale's have been opening. It's kind of the trend. Malls are, you know, we're trying to figure that whole thing out. It's unclear what will be sold in the stores, although it's expected to include things like consumer brands, not just Amazon's private label goods. One reason to do something like a physical store would be to let shoppers try on clothing before buying and might bring more high-end brands to the platform in general because they're going to get more foot traffic. Amazon has more than 600 physical retail locations at this point. You might not know that, but yeah, it's it's uh, not just one or two, 600. Amazon also operates more than 20 bookstores in the U.S., more than 24 four-star retail outlets. That's where they're selling stuff that gets good reviews on Amazon. About 4,000 square feet each of those kinds of stores. And of course, there's 505 Whole Foods grocery stores, which Amazon now owns, 12 Amazon Fresh stores, and 22 Amazon Go convenience stores. I think that this is a... uh, uh this is a trend for Amazon. Uh, when they got into Whole Food, they very much realized that they were going to have to get into retail. I wouldn't be shocked in the next five years if we continue to see greater integration, specifically with the just walkout technology for not only Whole Foods, but also stuff like this. I, I wonder exactly how they want to position this. Is this a hybrid experience where you are able to shop online, but now you get kind of an enhanced plus, plus, plus version of picking up in store? Is it just simply Amazon being the everything store? And now in a bold, new, outside the box thought process, they have a store where you can just walk in and buy something like a physical location or a department store. Uh, uh, either way, I would expect it to to lead with some of the technology that we've seen in the grab-and-go stores. Uh, and uh, like uh, Sarah said here, uh, to link up with a few more higher-end brands that demand some element of physical display. Yeah, it, it's crazy to me that we used to, uh, back on the Buzz Out Loud days on CNET, go like, why would Amazon ever open a physical location? Physical locations are dying. And uh, here here they are with 600 physical retail locations and plans to open more. I, I think it's because there are elements of being an online store that do benefit from a physical location. And that's why we see Samsung Experience stores. That's why we see Apple stores. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Amazon wants to do the same thing mostly with clothing. Uh, they, they point out in the Wall Street Journal article that Oscar de la Renta is really the only top-end clothing brand that they have. 
they can probably get more top end brands if they're able to show them the traditional like, yeah, customers can come in and have a bespoke experience in the store and then they can get them to list online. Obviously, Amazon's not going to care if you walk into their shop and buy online as long as you buy online from Amazon and they're going to make that easy. Uh, So it's it's like Amazon just needed to drive down the price of leasing retail space by driving out all the competitors and then it was affordable for them to go in and do this. I mean, clothing, but also things like furniture. Yeah, you search for something on Amazon right now. It's like you can get anything you want on Amazon furniture wise, but you might not know the brand. And you look at the photos and you say, well, it sort of looks nice. But, you know, I really got to sit in that chair first, that sort of thing. There there are certain I mean, it's the reason I still go to Ikea stores every once in a while type thing. So I, I think that this is smart. And yes, it's it's going to apply to certain kinds of things that that uh are being sold on Amazon. And and perhaps the company is like, if we just have a showroom, not only can we get more people in there to buy the the thing that they think they want to buy, but they're just not sure yet because they want to feel it first, but, but cut down on uh, things going awry and there being a lot of returns. I also want to just underline this one more time. Picking up things at physical locations very much had a moment during the pandemic, but nobody who was who saw an increase in that kind of way that people bought from them are nearly as good at Amazon on the front end of being able to process and and sell things and and have stuff in that in that location. So if Amazon can say, look, you have Prime where you are able to get things in two days, or if you drive half a mile or drive a mile, you can have it yeah. right now. That yeah. is feather in their cap. Yeah, and 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 actually. If you're sure you want to buy something, same-day shipping is probably more convenient. But if you don't know and you're in the store, yeah. immediate walking out with it is more convenient, right? It so it's 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 for those those kind of situations. Amazon is the new Sears. Sears started as a catalog store and then became a department store. We're watching it happen. You know, NVIDIA, they had a lot to say in their earnings call. They made $6.51 billion in revenue, up 68% on the year, and beat expectations. Gaming made up almost half of that at $3.06 billion. Data centers grew 35% and hit an all-time high, and that all sounds good. One down note, though, was NVIDIA's cryptocurrency mining chips, or CMPs. NVIDIA had expected to get $400 million from them, but instead brought in around $266 million. China's crackdown on mining likely blunted that demand. NVIDIA also said that acquiring ARM is going to take a little bit longer. NVIDIA originally thought it would take 18 months and finish around March 2022. NVIDIA did not offer a new date, but SoftBank, which is selling ARM to NVIDIA, now estimates that it will happen at the end of 2022. I suppose that's to be expected when you need the U.S., U.K., and China to all agree on letting you gobble up one of the world's largest licensors of chip technology in the world. The U.K. is worried about national security since ARM is headquartered in the U.K. The U.S. is responding to complaints from Google, Microsoft, and Qualcomm that it would limit competition. And China is making sure the acquisition wouldn't make its role in the global chip industry more difficult. You know, a U.S. company controlling ARM could mean a lot of restrictions on more chips for Huawei and others. Extending timelines seem to be a theme on the NVIDIA call. CEO Jensen Huang also said that the chip shortage, which NVIDIA previously expected to last through the end of 2021, will likely extend into, quote, the vast majority of next year, end quote. 
While NVIDIA is securing long-term supply commitments, demand is still higher than supply, and that does not look likely to change. Yeah, word on the street is that it's easier to get GPUs uh, than it was, but it's still not easy. Uh, yeah, they they go into stock a little more often, uh, and and that I think was the uh, the the big bell uh, that I paid attention to in this Nvidia earnings call is is not a like yeah yep yeah, we're, we're gonna it's gonna be tough but we're gonna get out of this soon uh, which had been. Uh, the ongoing thing. This combined with the Toyota thing we heard earlier, where they're, they're going to ramp down production 40%, means that chip shortage is not going away soon. And the effects, nobody, I, I don't think anybody can say what the long-term effects of that are going to end up being. Uh, so that's that's the worst news out of this. News for NVIDIA itself is good. Uh, as many as they can make, they can sell. Uh, except for those cryptocurrency chips. Huh? Like, like that, that, that was is a hedge, though, right? Like that was a like we we want we don't want the crypto people buying up all the GPUs that gamers want, so let's make a chip for them. And then that was bad timing because suddenly China was like, yeah, we don't want them here anymore, and so everybody had to like shift around their operations. I imagine that'll bounce back, and it did its job, right? Its job was to to keep the GPUs from from going into the hands of of miners. And I, I think that that part of it probably worked, even if it didn't make as much money as they expected. I mean, did it work, though? Because if China would have pulled out of it, then the, the suffocating demand would have went away anyway, right? Well, I, I mean, it worked in that they sold to the people who wanted them. It's just you had fewer people wanting them. I guess I guess you are you are right in that they created a new brand definition. Yeah. So they redirected the demand that existed. It's just the demand shrunk. And then going forward, I don't think cryptocurrency mining chips are going away anytime soon. They might no. not be. Yeah. You know, the, the, crazy uh, demand that they were expecting but it well, does it's help be texans buying them not chinese which mm-hmm. seems to be where all the uh, you should start a mining operation and i'm in <laughs> all yeah. next week is dtns experiment week while much of the world vacations in the summer uh we're swapping out our normal dtns show and trying out some new show ideas hosted by dtns producers and contributors so we're going to have a chris ashley barbecue tech show we're going to have rob dunwood with a different look at tech jen cutter on the state of video gaming and so much more all starts next week monday august 23rd on the dtns feeds Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. All right. We're back with a complaint against Facebook. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission did its paperwork, amended its antitrust complaint against Facebook, and made a new filing Thursday. Back in June, you may remember we mentioned that the complaint was dismissed by U.S. District Judge James Boasberg, who argued that the FTC chose the wrong statute to justify its authority. That one was easily fixed. And that the market definition needed clarifying. Basically, the judge was saying the FTC might have a case, but the way it originally filed it wasn't it. Go back to the drawing board. So Facebook during the drawing board phase, tried to keep the complaint from even being amended. It petitioned to have FTC Chair Lena Kahn recuse herself from voting on the complaint because of past public statements. Facebook argued that Kahn had already made up her mind that Facebook was guilty. Look at all the things she said about us. And so it wouldn't be fair to have her review the evidence on this complaint. Now, there's some precedent for that. If you're like, well, wait a minute, the FTC is just sending it to court. How does that matter? In a case called Cinderella Career and Finishing School versus the FTC, the court ruled that a chair's refusal to recuse themselves could be considered a denial of due process. Difference was in that case, the FTC had disregarded evidence from a lengthy hearing on the matter when it made its decision on charges. That's not what's going on here. Here, the FTC is voting on whether to sue Facebook. It's a little different. So the FTC's Office of General Counsel dismissed the petition, stating, quote, as the case will be prosecuted before a federal judge, the appropriate constitutional due process protections will be provided to the company. That didn't work, so... Now Facebook faces a new filing accusing it of monopolizing the personal social networking services market by anti-competitive acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp. That's pretty much the same as the first filing. So what's new in this amended complaint? To better define the market, this time the FCC specifically ruled out TikTok as a competitor, saying that TikTok would be defined as a content broadcasting and consumption service. It ruled out Twitter and Reddit, saying they're excluded because they do not focus on connecting friends and family. The complaint alleges that Facebook's only significant competitor is Snapchat, and then points at the roadside debris of Path, Friendster, MySpace, and Google+, as examples of those were competing services, but they got driven out. To meet the judge's remark that the FTC had not shown Facebook implementing a policy that detrimented its short-term profits In order to further a monopoly, the FTC pointed to Facebook's API access policy that cut off apps that would have spent money on ads, bringing profit into Facebook, but those apps threatened Facebook's market position, and so Facebook wanted to shut them down. Facebook has until October 4th to respond to the complaint. Uh, Getting it accepted by the judge doesn't mean that the FTC wins. It's still going to have to go to court. Well, we knew this was coming. We knew that that there was going to have to be a refocusing of this complaint. Uh, I think it's very interesting to see legally what the FTC deems as competition for Facebook to say that uh, uh, 
which I mean, it, it is it is rich beyond its legal definition, which is I know its utility here. But to point out that Twitter and Reddit is not where you make or, <laughs> or connect with friends is, is an, an all too true. <laughs> they got a point levels. But uh, uh, I think this is something that seems a little bit more cogent and and by my amateur legal uh, standing seems like a compelling complaint against the company. I don't know. The the whole who is the competitor here saying TikTok is content broadcasting and consumption service. But that is very much what Facebook wants to be. That's. Facebook wants to be lots of things, but that's certainly one of those things. Uh, and Twitter and Reddit maybe not be maybe not being the best places to connect with friends and family were kind of created for that exact thing. Whether friends and family includes a you know community of people that you may have not met but you have a lot in common with and you care about. It's it's the I don't know. I know that the FTC had to you know make some amendments. Come back, see if they can get anywhere with Facebook. We will obviously be talking about once we know more about how that's going to go. Oh, but but hold on. Breaking news. Facebook has just filed a motion asking for Sarah Lane to be appointed as judge in its FTC case. (laughs) Please. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) You want me, Facebook, do you? Do you want me on your team? Not sure you do. No, but But, the argument Facebook's making is like your market. That's one of the things they'll make is that your market definition is arbitrary, right? Yeah. I think that's what you're getting at. Yes, very much so. It, uh, it. I don't know why this kind of stuff matters so much. A judge saying, "Listen, we know you're going to come back and do it again. Just say things a little bit differently." Well, I it's, mean, I think that's fair. The judge is saying, "Like, look, you just you just filed it wrong. Like, the and I want justice. So come back with it filed right, and then we can judge whether you're right or not." I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, we know what Facebook wants, but what do you want on Facebook? Mm. Facebook released a data set of its most viewed content, including the most viewed domains, links, posts, and pages from the second quarter of 2021. According to the data, 87% of content on the news feed doesn't include a link. So it's just you saying went to go get some apple juice or whatever. But the ones that do (laughs) must full of extremist political content. Am I right, folks? That's what well, everybody thinks. Well, five, firebrand, blood in the teeth, uh, red meat political uh, uh, fodder. With 87.2 million views, the top was playeralumniresources.com for former Green Bay Packers players. I mean, the Packers have some extreme fans. I'm not going to lie. They do. My brother's if- one of them. Into the future health of David Chimura, maybe number two interests you. Seven hundred and twenty-one point one million views for the Pure Hemp Shop, which I'm pretty sure is just for rope. Sixty-two point seven million views for UNICEF's uh, India COVID response page. Number four, my incredible recipes. And then, of course, number five, you know it, you love it. Everybody say it with me. Reppin' for Christ Apparel. Yep. Uh, Ways ways to help people in India, people who used to play football, a couple uh, for different types of consumables and Christian clothing with words like witness and former addict. Not exactly the cesspool that many are usually expecting. So why does data from Facebook's own CrowdTangle tool 
show pundits like Ben Shapiro and Dan Bonino having the most engagement. Well, it's because they do have the most engagement, but we're looking at things and measuring them in different ways. Views versus interactions. Or, as it's explained by Facebook's Vice President of Integrity, uh, and by the way, I have just named myself Daily Tech News Show's Vice President of Integrity. <laughs> Uh, but Facebook's uh, uh, accompanying position, Guy Rosen said, quote, CrowdTangle only has a limited set of certain pages and groups. We are creating a report that provides a broad view, end quote. OK, but that earlier list was links. If most posts don't have links, what are the top posts? Uh -huh. Well, number one, the first three words you see are your reality. Oh, God, I know that one. Number, I'm old, but I look young challenge. And need I go on? Because number three was made private, number five had to do with putting sugar on spaghetti. Nevertheless, these are not interactions like shares, likes, and comments. A better indicator of what's happening, or sorry, uh, is that a better indicator of what's happening than having something scroll by in your newsfeed, even if it's statistically in the most people's newsfeeds? Facebook's director of product management, Anna Stepanoff, said the views, quote, represent the actual experience that people have. Not everybody's getting all fired up with political opinions, Tom and Sarah. They're mostly <laughs> they're, they're buying they're buying hemp ropes and Jesus shirts. <laughs> and yeah. that's OK. That's right. fine. I, you know, honestly, the views thing is kind of heartwarming. It's like most people are seeing like, hey, here's some some cool positive shirts and uh, maybe some CBD oil. And why don't you help out India? UNICEF's there. You could give a little money to them. While you're at it, help out some some former Green Bay Packers. I, I mean, that's a much better that's picture of humanity. Of like, like Green Bay Packers Alumni Association. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know there's a lot of Packers fans out there, but... <laughs> Like for former players to kind of connect, you know, you know, with the world. It's just, it's it's very Green Bay of them. I I read this, and all I could think of was some far flung, you know, Asimovian foundation reality where, for whatever reason, my consciousness is resurrected, and I am brought before a council of historians, and they go, "We'd like to ask you questions about the internet," and I go, "Oh." You know, the, the, the defining technology of my lifetime that connected the world and brought us all together on levels so we could experience and, and, and feel uh, together when we we're lonely. And they're like, oh, we thought it was just for Green Bay Packers alumni. <laughs> By the numbers, it's really all you guys did. And it's like, oh, OK. It's also funny that Facebook is Facebook is in the situation now where, you know, it is blamed for so much sharing of not just misinformation, but disinformation. Yeah. And, and that's true. That's true. In, in in a lot of cases, Facebook is not the only place that that happens, but it's it's the biggest one, arguably, in the world. And you know, for Facebook to be like, hold on, guys, let's look at the numbers here. The things that are being seen on Facebook predominantly are very harmless. You know, you want to buy a T-shirt. You know, you want to you want to help out UNICEF. We're good. We're good. But it doesn't really doesn't really give Facebook a, a whole lot of clout in the sense of this is a really, you know, important and powerful social place to to do a lot of good. Well, the UNICEF stuff is an exception. Yeah. And the but, Packer uh, stuff because it's helping out people with concussions and stuff like that. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. But it's 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 kind of like here. Here are great examples of why. You shouldn't blame us for the for the wrongs of the world. And you kind of look at this like, okay, well, 
it's still a lot of a lot of Facebook mumbo jumbo. Here's here's the last thing on this that I'll say, and if I, we are going to steer it back into kind of a bit of a political controversy statement, it does kind of undercut their argument for deplatforming certain people uh, because mm. if if what you're saying. It's all really about putting sugar on your spaghetti and buying uh, uh, shirts and, and CBD oil. And that's really what people are interacting with. Then it does undercut the idea that even the idea of misinformation, quote unquote, or dangerous ideas or dangerous thoughts are something that's getting out and really infecting the world. Mostly we're just looking to see whether or not I'm going to get a saved shirt from repping for Christ. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com, folks, uh, because I think what <laughs> Facebook is trying to say is, no, 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 no. There's people yelling loudly over in the corner, right? And yes, maybe we should tell them to, to, to settle down. And that's when we deplatform and we kick them out of the bar. But most of the people in here are just, you know, trying to buy some nice shirts and help out UNICEF. So don't try to throw out everything we do because there's some loud yeah. people in the corner. If you, what do you think? Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Speaking of that email address, let's check out uh, 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 some of our, our supporters uh, out there. Well, you know who we have, and it's been a couple days, everybody, and we really like to thank the folks that that join the flock, as it were. And today we are thanking our brand new boss, Jeremy D. Strickland. Jeremy just started back at us on Patreon. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, yes, no, wait, it's been so long since we had a boss. I almost forgot. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Ah, Jeremy saved us. Uh, thanks everybody for being a patron and, and Jeremy, thanks so much for, for being our newest patron and boy, do we hope we have more soon. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of a crazy summer, but, uh, but we, we appreciate everybody who sticks by us and we'll keep doing our, keep doing our show every day. Uh, thanks to Justin Robert Young, who is our Thursday regular and does show up other days from time to time. Justin, thank you. And where can people keep up with the rest of your work? Well, folks, you can get the latest edition of the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, which is out right now and includes the one, the only, the amazing Tom Merritt talking about what's in the bipartisan infrastructure bill specifically relating to technology. Conversations about broadband and cryptocurrency abound. Go find it. PX3podcast.com. Excellent. We are live on this show Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. And if you can join us live, we'd love to have you. We'll be back tomorrow with Chris Ashley. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, 
award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.